Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Hal Elrod. And before we dive into today's episode of the podcast, I wanted to take just a minute, maybe a minute and a half, to uh, let you know about my latest book and the newest book in the Miracle Morning book series. It's The Miracle Morning for Teachers. Elevate your impact for yourself and your students. And if you are a teacher or an administrator, or you know a teacher or administrator, The Miracle Morning for Teachers is the perfect book to both elevate the life of every teacher while simultaneously elevating the impact that they make for their students. And it really goes back, gosh, seven plus years ago, when I first wrote The Miracle Morning, the original book, I had this vision where, what if it was practiced every day in classrooms around the world? What if students started their day with meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling? And that vision became a reality in February 2019, when my co-author and co-creator of the Miracle Morning Book Series, Honoré Quarter, led a group of dozens of teachers around the world to implement the six daily practices of the Miracle Morning, known as the Savers, into their classrooms for 30 days and beyond. And the results, both for the teachers and the students, were absolutely remarkable. We heard things like some of my most troubled students are now focused and calm and they thank me every day that we're doing the Miracle Morning together. And those stories, those results, that feedback helped to shape the book that we are now on a mission to get in the hands of every teacher in the world, right? That's the the ultimate goal. So you can grab a copy of the Miracle Morning for Teachers on Amazon, you know, for yourself or your favorite teacher. You get the audiobook on Audible. And either way, this book really is the next step in the Miracle Morning mission, which is to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning, one teacher, and one student at a time. And I am so grateful for your support. Thank you so much. Goal Achievers. Hello, it's Hal Elrod. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And uh, today I am talking with uh, a gentleman who I, I met a few months ago. I was speaking at an event and the, uh, the CEO of the company that brought me in to speak said, Hal, you have to meet someone. There's someone I really want to introduce you to. And uh, it was the legendary Kyle Wilson. And I had heard of Kyle like through the grapevine, but had never, you know, we had never connected. We never talked. We got a chance to share an Uber to the airport that day. Or actually, no, I'm sorry, not an Uber. He, he drove me to the airport that day, uh, way better than an Uber. And we got to talk and I said, I would love to have you on the podcast. And uh, he's got a busy schedule, took a few months, but here we are. And I want to give you an intro of Kyle so you know who he is and why I'm so excited to chat with him. Uh, Kyle Wilson, he is the founder of Jim Rohn International, also the founder of Your Success Club. KyleWilson.com. And Kyle has worked with top names in the personal development industry for decades. Uh, He had an 18-year business partnership with his friend and mentor, Jim Rohn. Uh, And if you don't know, you're going to find out today that Jim Rohn is one of my greatest mentors, although uh, someone that I never met. Kyle also worked with Og Mandino, Brian Tracy, Les Brown, 
Darren Hardy, Robin Sharma, and the list goes on and on and on. In fact, he's the author of a book, 52 Lessons I Learned from Jim Rohn and Other Great Legends. And he's partnered with Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Canfield on The Chicken Soup for the Entrepreneur's Soul. So Kyle, for years, decades, like before I was doing anything that I'm doing now, he was filling huge seminar rooms. He had launched and published multiple personal development publications with over a million subscribers, and he's produced and published over 100 hours of DVD and CD programs. And in 2007, he sold all his companies and became Mr. Mom for seven years. And now he does coaching and consulting. He hosts the Kyle Wilson Inner Circle Mastermind. He's published multiple number one best-selling books and uh, just the past eight months, in fact. And Brian Tracy said that Kyle's made him millions of dollars. Darren Hardy said Kyle's his go-to person for any marketing solution. And Jim Rohn said Kyle is his trusted partner and friend. And it is my pleasure and honor uh, to bring on to the show, Kyle Wilson. Kyle, how are you doing, my friend? I am great, Hal. Thanks so much. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. Well, when I met you, it was, I, was so, I was so excited. And uh, I w- was excited, and no offense, but I was excited because I'm a huge Jim Rohn fan and you are, you know, and we'll get into the story, but I think you're largely responsible for Jim Rohn making the impact that he made. You had played a huge part in that. So that was, it was an honor to, to meet you. So let's start with your story because you have an amazing story that's kind of unlikely in terms of that you ended up doing what you did and working with whom you worked with. You know, you never would have guessed that from your background. Can you share that with us? Sure, Hal. And by the way, it was so serendipitous how we met. Hearing you speak, I took so many notes. It was so powerful. You were a principle-based marketer and speaker. It's like I really saw, wow, this is, this is home. This is, you know, I, I read your books, but I, I did not know how deeply principled you were in your approach to everything. And then at the VIP lunch, you talked about Jim Rohn having such an impact on your life. So to me, that was truly a serendipitous weekend. I thank Michael Block for the introduction. But yes, I, you know, how I grew up in a small town, uh, Vernon, Texas, 11,000 people, never went to college, really had no, no mentors in business. And my family wasn't business oriented, nor, nor are they today. But, uh, and also, by the way, you know, I, I got in trouble. I wasn't a good student. I actually got into drugs and made a lot of mistakes. At age 19, I did have a significant emotional experience, literally turned my life around. It was a spiritual experience. And I started my first real business. I mean, I'd always, you know, sold stuff in the neighborhood, you know, go knock on the doors and whatever it is. But at age 19, I started a little detail shop, you know, small town, you have those, you know, where you can get your car cleaned up. And I'd had a job in high school where we, you know, where I clean cars. And then that led to a service station and how I'm not even a car guy, but somehow I got into owning a service station and, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit came out within two years. I had 10 employees. We were open 24 seven, but eventually I really had this calling to, to, to sell everything and to move to Dallas for whatever reason, start a new business similar to what I had. And I moved to Dallas at age 26 Within a year, after some challenges with my, my new business startup, I went to a seminar. And the guy putting on the seminar, I met him, and he offered me a job to come work for him. And the job was basically you make 100 cold calls a day. So I can really relate to your cut code, <laughs> you know, an experience. 
Yeah. Let's you make your 100 calls a day. And you're trying to book two meetings a day to go to companies, give a presentation, give value, but then sell tickets to an event. I took on the job. I was no good in the beginning, but I came, became very good after about six months. And little did I know that would lead to meeting Jim Rohn and promoting Jim Rohn. And probably within two years, I was getting 2,000 people in a room. Jim Rohn, hire Brian Tracy, hire Augmentino. And I did that for about four years, traveling around the country every 90 days, putting on a, a new event. And again, you're someone that can probably relate to that more than most, running those 440s, if you will. It's not even a marathon. It's like a 440. You're just <laughs> this huge charge, right? To go fill up or go to a city you've never been to, right? And get 2,000 people. And in 1993, I talked to Jim and uh, him and his business partner, the partner owed him over 400000 And that's the second time Jim had had a, a business that had failed pretty colossally hmm. in, uh, through a partnership. So I said, Jim, you know, I think you're the best speaker in the world. I'm a pretty good promoter. I know you're not really game for a partnership, if you will. But listen, I would love to have exclusive rights to promote you and market you. And listen, it'll be my company. I'll pay for everything. And I'll pay you off the top. Every time we book an event, if we create products, we'll do some sort of royalty deal, but I'll pay for everything. And how that was a handshake that lasted 18 years. Wow. And, uh, so that was 1993. And so just a, a powerful life-changing event for me. So the Jim Rohn partnership, that was preceded, if I understand right, with you working with Brian Tracy and maybe some others. What led into that? Yeah, so I would go fill up these rooms and I would hire speakers. And I'd been to a Brian Tracy Zig Ziglar event. Uh, or, and I, I thought, okay, let me try and get two amazing speakers. And my first big event was Brian Tracy and Ognandino. And then my, and I think we had 1,300 people. And this is after me doing little 200, 300 person events, right? Yeah. And Vernon, or excuse me, in Dallas and then Houston and San Antonio. And working for Jerry, but eventually I went out on my own. I, I had some different approaches I wanted to take to the marketplace. And I had this uh, obsession, if you will. And again, you talk about that in your newest book. And I had an obsession to get 2,000 people in the room to go from 300 to 2,000. And that involved an equation I had to solve. And, you know, Jim Rohn will quote the Bible and he'll say, if you search, you'll find, but rarely does a good idea interrupt you, right? You have to go searching. And yeah. I went this search, how do I get 2,000 people in the room? And sure enough, wow, within two years, I was getting 2,000 people in the room. And then Jim was my favorite. So I started you know, booking Jim. Brian and Jim was like the perfect combo. I mean, what a great one-day event. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, like in 93, when I made Jim that offer to take him to the marketplace. At the time, he was doing about 20 speaking engagements for the marketplace. The rest was private with a company called Herbalife that had him on a retainer. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I took him from 20 dates at 4,000 to that first year, 110 dates at uh, 10,000, eventually 25,000. And it probably wouldn't have happened without Brian because I had to leverage Brian to create a two-day event with him and Jim that I could take into every marketplace and tell the promoter, listen, if you want to book Jim, I'll give you exclusive rights in that marketplace. But if not, uh, I'll bring Brian and Jim in and excuse my language, but I told them I'll, I'll, you know, I'll kick your ass yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with the events they were doing because they were, they were charging $250 for a, a 
a Brian Tracy event and Tom Hopkins. And I was charging $99 for Jim and Brian. And Brian gave me that exclusive right to do that six months or six months before or after an event. If it wasn't for that, I don't think I could have created the leverage to make all these connections with the promoters in each marketplace to now take Jim Rohn in as well. Wow. Wow. So well, I want to ask you about lessons that you learned from Jim. So for me personally, and this is for anyone listening, if you don't know this, I know Kyle, when we met, I told you this, but it was a single Jim Rohn quote that not only changed my life, the course of my life, but it gave birth to the Miracle Morning. And the quote is, you know, it's in the Miracle Morning book. It's in my keynote still, and, and I'll share what that is. Your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. For me, that made me realize, oh, if I want to achieve the success that I want in my life, I've got to focus not on achieving the success, but on becoming the person that I need to be with the knowledge and the skills and the qualities and characteristics of who I need to be to achieve that result, that goal, that dream, whatever it is for me. And that's where I decided to create this morning ritual called the Miracle Morning. And the rest is kind of history, as they say. So that lesson for me was, if I had to, you know, I've learned tons from Jim, that's probably was the most impactful. Were there some key lessons that you learned early on from, you know, your 18-year friend, mentor, and biz partner, Jim Rohn, that, that made an impact for you and that would make an impact for the audience? You know how so many, in fact, I think you know, I did a quote book, right? It's like in those beginning, yeah, Jim Rohn, I'm like, what, what's Jim's secret sauce? What will make him stand out? And I thought he's so profound. He takes the complex, he makes it simple, he does it with humor. He can say it so well. So we created a quote book, and out of that was over a thousand quotes and got it down to 365 and a, eventually a little gift book of 110 that moved six million up virally because Jim is so prolific. And so you could take almost any one of those and there's a profound lesson. But if I had to get it down to three or four, I think the, and again, just like the quote you mentioned, it's also subtle, right? It sounds too easy. It sounds too simple. But the first one, again, just too simple for most people, right? They're going to go try and find the, the fancy. But it was basically that the major key to your future is you. You know, it's not the government, it's not the economy, it's not your relatives, it's not the competition, it's not any other factor, the major key. And it's similar, I think, to your uh, quote as well, because what it you know, ultimately gets down to is we get to control what's going to happen to our future, because the most important things that impact our future is not all these external things, it's, it's our thoughts. It's the decision to read a book versus, you know, just watching mindless TV or to listen to a podcast. You know, we get to our, our health decisions, right? Every part of the most important things that impact us, we get to decide. And as simple as that sounds, I got to tell you, I was politically minded at the time. I was focused on, mm. you know, all the things going on in the world. And sure enough, as Jim would say, you know, five years will go by. And some people will have had massive improvement and some won't. And it won't have to do with that. It'll have to, you know, two people in the same exact job, same exact circumstances can have totally different results, all based on the ability for us to impact our own life by these simple little decisions. I think the other thing that was so powerful for me was he said success is predictable. And so, you know, it's like a garden. 
And if you plant a seed, if you plant tomatoes in due time, you're going to get tomatoes. You know, now you got to water them and you got to plant them at the right time and take good care of them. And occasionally something will happen, but more times than not, you're going to get a predictable result. And that gave me faith and confidence to go pay the price. I know in Cutco, you paid a price. Writing your books, you paid a price. I too had this belief that if I went out and made the 100 calls and knocked on the doors and did the presentations, that I could get a powerful result. And so a lot of people, again, you and I both see it out in the marketplace today. People are giving away the magic pill or, or the shortcut, right? Yeah. The Mary, hope for the lottery in, in business. Versus if you just go do the deal, you're guaranteed success more times than not. Not, not every time, right? But yeah. more times than not, it puts things in your favor. So again, it was just a whole different approach. And again, I, I bought into it. And I had the faith that if I plant the seeds in due time, I'm going to get the result. And here's the cool thing is when you do it that way, it has a compounding effect, right? Everything, again, it's just like having a vineyard or having a pecan tree. As it continues to grow, you're going to get a compounding growth and compounding effect. And I call it principle-based marketing and principle-based you know, how you approach a, a building a business. So those are two. I, I've got it. Let me give you a third one that's really powerful. Please do. Jim said, if you want to be successful, learn to bring value to the marketplace. He said, if you want to be wealthy, learn to bring value to valuable people. And again, he didn't say learn to network. He didn't say learn to stay in touch. He said, learn to bring value. And I really took that to heart. And it's, it's like, how can I bring value? And by you having a podcast, right? By you writing a book, you bring value to the marketplace and it allows you to attract valuable people. And so that's an encouragement I always have for people is find ways to create platforms to bring value or, you know, create a, a product, create a better mousetrap that people really want, find the, the greatest way to bring value. And so I ran with that as well. You know, I wasn't focused on connecting or networking. I was focused on how can I bring massive value? Yeah. You, you know, listening to this, I am reminded there are no new ideas, right? It, it, <laughs> which it, it can be frustrating as an author too, because you have what you think is a brilliant idea, right? And you you you're, you start, you know, you're writing a book and you put it in the book, and maybe you've experienced this, right? Where and you go, and then you find it somewhere else in a book that was written thirty years ago or a thousand years ago, <laughs> and you go, no, what, no, what, what, but how how did he plagiarize me? But he did it 40, like, you know, this is some, something's not making sense. So, but I say that because the, I don't know if it's just the wisdom in the ether, but three of the quotes that I, you know, that I have written in my books, um, the first one, so you said the Jim philosophy or quote was the major key to your future is you, right? Not the government, not your family, nothing other than you. Well, the first quote that I ever wrote for my first book was the moment you take responsibility for everything in your life is the moment you have the power to change anything in your life. And it just, I go, those are just, it's a different, different way of saying the same, you know, the same thing Jim was saying decades before. The second one, you said success is predictable, right? If you do, that really gives you confidence because you know that, well, if I do the things that will produce the success, I'll get the result. And for me, I've always said that every result is preceded by a process. And if you commit to that process without being emotionally attached to your results along the way, your success is inevitable. 
right? Which is just a longer, basically Jim was better at saying what I'm trying to say. I, I, I just take more words to say it, right? And then the last but not least, you said, if you want to be successful, learn to bring value to the marketplace. And uh, I'm trying to think of how I phrased that in one of my quotes, which is, oh, the more value that you add to the lives of others, the more valuable you become to others, right? Wow. So, you know, it, it just, it all, and, and then Zig Ziglar said, uh, the key to getting everything you want is helping enough other people get what they want. So all of the wisdom, it's like the Bible, right? In terms of the relevance today, uh, or like, you know, thinking grow rich written in 1937. Like exactly. if you want to be successful in life, if you're listening to this, right? Like, Go listen to Jim Rohn stuff. That's the guy that everybody else is teaching stuff, including me and you know all these other folks. Uh, Tony Robbins used to work with Jim. We're teaching these fundamental truths that, that he probably didn't invent either, but he did a great, great, great job of uh, of synthesizing. All you know, of I think how I think when we experience something, then we have a, a verbal way to communicate it, right? And so through your own experiences, you synthesize you know what it was that worked for you, and I can relate to that. I'll have ahas and they just pop into my mind I'm like boy Kyle that's so good but then I go back and I'm like oh Jim said that you know, <laughs> there is not but he said it differently and better yeah uh, a funny thing we used to have I used to have a whole group of sales teams right that went to marketplaces and we put on big events and I would have some salespeople take the script and they would take a Jim Rohn quote and then they'd try and explain what it meant I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to explain what he just said. He said it so well. It, yeah. It is, right. But no, it, I think, I think it is, and you're right. Jim did also gather information, you know, the strangest secret, thinking grow rich and the Bible and uh, the history of, of man. I mean, there's a ton of things he pulled from as well, but I think it came through synthesizing it and it coming out the other side through life experience that you know he was able to say it in the way he said it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well said, Kyle. As well <laughs> said. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. You work with high-end entrepreneurs and business owners, and we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show. So, being that that I mean, this is really your. I mean, your marketing is your expertise. And so, I want to ask you, what would you say are some of the kind of the low-hanging opportunities that many entrepreneurs and business owners are missing now that can make a big difference for them you know, immediately or as soon as possible? Napoleon Hill has a great quote. He said, never pray and ask for more. Focus on what you already have and do a better job with that. Hmm. And I would say nine times out of 10 or 19 times out of 20, we as entrepreneurs aren't necessarily doing the best job we could with what we already have. And again, I mentioned I'm a principle-based marketer, and I think marketing is a combination of a lot of things, but two things in particular, tactics and principles. And tactics are things that are impacted by technology, right? So this podcast is a tactic, uh, email list or direct mail, all those things, social media, those are tactics. But then principle-based marketing is having a great product, having great service, being consistent, and being relational. And I found when you're principle-based, things compound. And I always say the hardest customer to work with is a cold customer. You can go do Facebook ads and try and grab cold traffic, but typically that's who you're going to have the biggest problems with, the most refunds, versus finding a way to build a relationship. So for me, Hal, I did something back in 93 when I met Jim Rohn. I drew a big circle on a sheet of paper I put spokes on it. It was called the wheel. 
I put a hub in the middle. I put these different spokes and each spoke was your current product or service. And then I drew an arrow down on top of the wheel. And I said, this is customer acquisition. How do I get a customer on the wheel and how do I take them around it? And most people think that's a funnel. It's not a funnel at all. What the wheel is, is when people get on my list, however that is, then I want to build a relationship. I want to give value. I want to give great content and then occasionally give them things to raise their hand to. So for me, my advice is not necessarily go out and try and get all this cold traffic and convert it. My advice is how, first of all, do you take your advocates, your customers, and turn them into advocates? How do you empower them? And that's what that little quote book did back in 93, I created. The people that drove that, how I moved six million of it was our Jim Rohn fans would buy a hundred and a thousand and go give away. Mm-hmm. So first of all, begin with your, your current customers. Take good care of them. Find a way to empower them, to make it easy to refer you. Second of all, realize that a warm customer is so much better easier to convert, but also better than cold traffic. So what what are you currently doing in your existing wheelhouse that you can do a better job? And again, find ways to let your current people bring more people into your fold. And I have this little quote when I mentioned tactics. I always say, never let a good tactic override a principle. So there's tactics that work, but that doesn't mean you should do them. And so for me, I'm always trying to think, how do I want to be treated if I'm a customer? How do I want to be treated if I'm a prospect? And just make sure, even though there's the newest, greatest way to text message every one of your customers with campaigns, realize that a good tactic, if it overrides a principle, long-term, you're going to lose. On principle-based marketing, A, because it's the right way to do things, but B, it actually works better than trying to churn through people. The majority of people I see out marketing stuff, and I don't mean to be sour grapes, but there's so much of churning through people versus building a relationship with people and bringing value and then figuring out what's that next spoke to make sure that, you know, people that get on the wheel, you're serving your people. I love that. I, that, and that's why I started the podcast, you know, the, the, and that's why I've hardly ever had any, you know, sponsors, which I, everyone tells me that they're like, how, why don't you have sponsors? Get some sponsors. But for the most part, I just, I was like, well, that's not why I started the podcast. I just started it because I wanted a way to, you know, nurture and and build a relationship and add value for uh, my listeners and my readers and and that sort of thing. And, you know, the Napoleon Hill quote you said, and I'll probably butcher it, but I, I wrote down, never pray for more, focus on doing the best with what you have. And I think that's so true. Yeah. If you're in business, if you're a marketer, it's how can you take better care of your current customers, man, there's a lot of data that shows that uh, your current customers that already know, like, and trust you. And the more, the better care you take of them, the more they're going to like and you know, like and trust you. But yeah, that, that they're your best customer, like you said, versus cold traffic, running Facebook ads, trying to attract new eyeballs and new people. And not that you can't do that too, but I think that first and foremost, it's the quality of the experience because then when you're bringing new people in, then you know you you want to have a time tested, a proven process to take really, really, really good care of every person that, you know, that trusts you to do business with you and, and, uh, and work with you. So when it comes to everything that you learned from what Jim said, I wanted to ask, was there anything that you learned from how he lived, from his character, from his, you know, just the way that he showed up, the way he approached life, business, any lesson or lessons stand out 
from what you observed being friends and, and, and mentored by Jim uh, versus just you know the things that he taught? Yes, uh, 100%. So Jim was uber casual, like he never got upset. And mm-hmm. I worked with a lot of speakers that took things very seriously. And I'm a type A person now by nature. I've definitely evolved and I'm not near as type A now. And of course, Jim had a big influence. But if you don't mind, can I share a story? Yeah, please. Uh, I was an early promoter and uh, this is before I was filling up huge rooms. And I actually had a small little event that I was promoting Jim at through Jerry Haynes, who was the original guy I went to work for. And I dropped the ball a little bit on this event. I I was sidetracked. And so the morning of the event, it was going to be, so it wasn't an event, it was like 200 people, right? This was back in 1989. I just started. You can get a couple hundred people. The seminar was going to be from 10 to 4. And I show up about seven because, you know, you got to set the room up, stage, product, the whole thing. People get there early. And some another event's going on in my room. Unbelievable. Like, here's something else going on. So I called the hotel. He said, hey, no problem. It ends at nine. Yours doesn't begin till 10. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I got people showing up at 8.30 probably to be in the room. And we got to set up product. And I was just kind of going crazy, right? I couldn't believe it. And so I knew no matter what, we, we could not start till 11. New people want refunds. You know, everyone's time is incredibly valuable. And so I'm, I am really upset. And Jim comes strolling down about 8 o'clock, headed to breakfast. He had his jeans on, you know, super casual. Mm-hmm. And so in a very stressed out manner, I told him the circumstance. And he looked at me very calmly and he said, you know, it's not like a good friend I'd. He said, it's going to be okay. He said, you know, we'll just start late. We'll tell everyone we're going to start an hour late, but we'll go an hour longer and I'll put on my all-time best seminar. And if people want refunds, just give them a refund. And how that was, not only was that incredible, right? Yeah. Here's something else cool. Being around Jim 18 years, being the guy that edited most of his content, you know, I, I published it, created it. I never heard him say that to me personally. I never heard him say it to anyone else. I never saw it in a book. I never you know, heard it on an audio series. But at that moment, he gave me such sage wisdom. And I've used that quote so many times. So I think that's probably the biggest lesson is Jim truly did not sweat the small stuff. He used to say, you know, now that I know God's in control, I can sleep like a baby. And I'm still working on that one. You know, I still... <laughs> I still, you know, I'm a, a dad. I'll still worry about my kids and even though they're grown, right? But that's probably the biggest. And I did have the contrast of Jim and many other speakers who really were much more type A like me. And uh, yeah, I, I like the Jim approach. And so that's, that's probably the biggest influence. I love the lesson. Tell me the quote again. He said, it's Kyle, it's not like a good friend I'd. Uh, Kyle, it's not like a good friend died. It'll be okay. It's not like a good friend died. Wow. Actually, Bill Murray, I recently saw the Bill Murray stories on Netflix and his quote, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> right? right. <True. laughs> Which is another way to say it just, it just doesn't matter. It's, it, it's nothing's worth getting upset over, you know? Um, I used to live in that state, Hal. I was constantly, and you know, I built a million plus list. I did a lot, but I did it with the cost of 
how I impacted everyone on my team and just that constant anxiety and uh, stress level. And I gained a lot of weight. And um, yeah, so for me personally, I've definitely been on that approach uh, the last 10 years. Wow. And I, I think that's a great place to, to, I think, wrap up the conversation. What, what better lesson than to, you know, life's too short to let things bother you, let things ruin your day, your week, your month, your year for all of us, right? And I'm speaking, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself this as much as anybody. But, you know, life is meant to be enjoyed. And I think that has little to do with what's going on around us and everything to do with what's going on inside of us. And so thank you for reminding us of that uh, today, Kyle. I, I really, really appreciate the the wisdom that you've imparted, your own and, and uh, that that you've gained from uh, Jim. And all the other incredible people that you've worked with in your life. So thank you so much for bringing that to the uh, podcast today. Thank you so much, Hal. Really yeah. appreciate it. Oh, and how can people get a hold of you? I know you've got your 52 lessons you learned from Jim Rohn. I think that's available on your site. So where can people find you, get a hold of you, and get those 52 lessons? Yeah, that's the best way. Go to kylewilson.com and you'll see it when you go there. It's 52 lessons I learned from Jim Rohn and other legends I promoted. Everyone's just a story of collaboration and lessons I learned. You know, Zig Ziglar, one of my favorite lessons from Zig was never do a good deal with a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's just loaded with sage wisdom, Darren Hardy, Les Brown, of course, a lot of Jim Rohn. And it's free and it's a weekly lesson they, they get every week in the in their email. So I get a lot of phenomenal feedback on it and I'm happy to share it. I'm about to go opt in right now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Cool. Kyle, hey, uh, any closing words before we uh, wrap up? Yeah. You know, I, again, keeping with Jim Rohn, he said the twin killers of success are greed and impatience. And so just realize anything you're going to do, it's going to take time and that's okay. Give yourself the gift of time. Anything great is going to take time. And so just be prepared for that. But that's cool because the time will eventually come. And, you know, I always say everyone starts at zero. So whatever you're trying to do, whoever you're trying to emulate at one time, they as well, you know, we're starting at zero. So that's just part of the gig and that's okay. Beautiful. Well said. Be, be patient, everyone. Enjoy where you're at while you continuously wake up every day and, and move toward where you want to go. Kyle, it's been a pleasure. Same here, Hal. Yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners, I hope you uh, enjoyed this time with Kyle Wilson as much as I did. You can head over to kylewilson.com and grab the 52 lessons that he learned from Jim Rohn and other legends uh, that he promoted uh, for free over at kylewilson.com. So thank you for listening. I love you. appreciate you. And I will talk to you all next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 